I'm Stephen Jack Butella without Jill today, but we've got Josiah Bronco from, I think, Tampa, Josiah? Is that where you're from in Mm -hmm. Florida? In Tampa, Florida. Uh, I had the pleasure of spending about 10 weeks, two or three hours a week uh, for 10 weeks in the last career path that Land Academy put on. And Josiah, um, every career path, there's one or two people that just pop up and really participate and show up. So I'm so glad to really uh, have a chance to talk about this stuff uh, with you, Josiah, here today on the Land Academy show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. This was a fun surprise to get this email. (laughs) We're on different coasts. Let's start with the weather. How's the weather in Florida today? Awesome. Uh, I could I could handle with another month or two of cold, uh, to be honest. But uh, seventy four and humid is fine, though. <laughs> you know, we've got real consistent weather in Arizona here. And uh, Joe was just telling me yesterday. She's like, you know, next mu- next week it's going to start to warm up, and I'm like, oh, that's not what I want. <laughs> seventy degrees. <laughs> 12% humidity all day year round would be fantastic, but then everybody would live here. So yeah. you got to deal with that. Yeah. We're debating on <laughs> at some tell- point making a move up to maybe up to the panhandle just to get like 10 degrees cooler year round, you know, just a little <laughs> bit, but I do love it here. It's very tropical. Yeah. <laughs> It's really interesting when you find a place to live that just clicks with you because I've lived a bunch of several places uh, throughout my professional clear, uh, career, mostly because of work. Well, really because of work. Yeah. And a lot of places clicked, a lot of places didn't, but Arizona seems to click. So I'm, I'm glad cool. you're happy there. That's awesome. <laughs> Did you grow up in Florida? I grew up in Wabash, Indiana. Um, small town, uh, grew up like out in the country. And then my parents moved us to, um, Moved us down to Florida 22 years ago this year. So, and I'm 35 now. So it's kind of Indiana sort of a distant memory at this point, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm from the Midwest too. And actually that, that explains a yeah. lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Detroit area? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Where's Wabash in the state? Wabash is like 45 minutes uh, southwest of Fort Wayne. So not, and it's okay. a small town. I think uh, actually last time I checked now that we have, now I'm looking at data all the time. I've looked at the population growth there and I think it has dropped by, I think it's had like a 50% reduction in population since I lived Ooh. something like that. It's a, it's a big drop. There's not a lot going on. It's a nice place. It's pretty, but it's, yeah. there's not a lot going on there economically, you know? Yeah. Well, Detroit's having its heyday. No, I'm just joking. That's the <laughs> absolute <laughs> drop in Detroit's population too. <laughs> Which brings me to real estate. You know, I know that Florida and Arizona are uh, growing by leaps and bounds. Do you only buy property in Florida? So I've only, I've, we, I've bought a lot of property now in different states, but that's all been um, with a partner or funding deals. So my own mailers, I've only sent, I've only sent my own mailers in Florida. Um, and mm-hmm. I started, it's funny. Cause when I started here, like even I, I, uh, the first course I had taken was Seth Williams course. And he had kind of warned me, he was like, Florida's pretty competitive and he's right. But I just was like, oh, I don't know. I want to mail like near where I live. You know, I think a lot of people do that, you know? And, um, so yeah, as of now, I've only sent my own mailers to Florida. I'm sure eventually I might branch out to other States, but there's been an influx of deals just from partners and everything where I feel like I don't have to send mail to other states right now, you know? Yeah. What intrigued me about you and career path, and we talked about a little bit about this in the pre-show, 
was uh, your success before you got to Land Academy by sending letters of interest, uh, not necessarily the Land Academy way mm -hmm. of sending direct offers and pricing it. And you still had some great success, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's got to be because of you and your personality and your, and uh, your phone. Work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was, I think it was also, you know, I, so I was sending neutral letters to tax delinquent properties only. And I was, I think I was scrubbing out anybody. It, they had to be like two years or more delinquent. And so, you know, you get those owners are pretty motivated to sell at any price they've given. I mean, some, I, there was a few properties I bought where they were five, six, seven years delinquent. And for whatever reason, the certificate holders hadn't, maybe they were just happy to keep building up the interest, you know? Um, but for whatever reason, those hadn't been foreclosed on. And so those people were willing to sell at pretty much any price. Most of those times, you know, did you have serious success with it? And I guess now through career path, I'd love to hear before yeah. and after career path or before and, you know, I know you're still a Land Academy member, yeah. uh, but I'd love, you know. Um, so as far as numbers kind of before uh, doing blind offers, is that kind of and before career path? Yeah. Or how many offers you sent out, just your basic experience or, you know, do you send out letters of interest or uh, any any longer, just kind no. of the basic stuff? No, not anymore. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but no, it doesn't seem to be... I, I could, I could actually, I could see myself maybe sending letters of interest to tax delinquent only, but I would never, I cannot imagine doing that. I know there's people that do it and have success, but I cannot imagine doing that to all the five plus acre properties in an entire county. That just seems crazy. I don't know. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't even be able to manage the response from that, you know? Um mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, the numbers like doing tax delinquent only, I think I sent, I think I sent like 15 or 20,000, 15 or 20,000 letters. And I probably bought like, I probably bought like almost 30 deals or something like that from that. And I mean, a lot of those, there wow. were, some of those were very small. I did a couple self closes, found out I really hate doing self closes. Uh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but did a few like buy for 500, sell for, 3000, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I got, mm -hmm. got a really good response. Um, I am glad I got to say, I'm glad I did it that way first. Um, it was funny. I met with another land Academy member for coffee yesterday that lives in St. Pete. And he was telling me him, he sent out, I think he said his first 27,000 blind offers. He got nothing, just hate. And wow. I would have had a hard time. I'm pretty persistent and stubborn, but I don't know if I had spent you know, $15,000 on mail and data. I don't know if I would have had the, to keep, especially I had just lost my job and every, or gotten laid off from my job because of COVID and everything. I don't know if I would have mm -hmm. like kept pushing, but like the tax delinquent stuff, it was like immediately I was getting like positive responses from people, you know? Um, but then now doing blind offers, actually, it's, I don't know if I've told you this, but so during career path, I sent out, I think I sent out about 12,000 blind offers and like, it was just hate. Like I didn't get one deal. I was like, oh, shit, this sucks. Like, I'm oh, sorry. I'm probably not supposed to curse on here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was just like, I was so bummed. Send out 12,000, um, 12,000 letters, got nothing. And then just back in December, I sent out 
I sent out 4,000 blind offers to two different counties and I ended up buying like, I think nine or 10 fantastic deals from 4,000. It's like, it makes you wonder like, is there any consistency at all to these yeah. numbers? It makes me wonder because it's here. I sent 12,000, got nothing, sent 4,000, got nine or 10. Like, what is that about? So but, what do you attribute that to? What What do you think it is about? I do think, so I think I was coming in way too hot, like way too low on my offers. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think I was, yeah, I remember actually one of them you reviewed and you were like, you might be coming in a little low here, but go for it. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I went for it. And yeah, I think it's just, if you're going to come in in a competitive area, especially like Florida, or I imagine a lot of Arizona would be the same way. Um, and especially near like major metropolitan areas, I think like, I don't know if you can come in. I'm sure there's some deals you could get pricing at 15, 20, 25%, but I don't know if I'm not sure if you could do that consistently, you know? Um, so I've kind of raised my prices and I think I'm also being less conservative. I think I'm being less conservative with Mm -hmm. my pricing. So I think like when I thought I was sending out offers at 20%, of market value, I was probably way under calculating what even the market value was, you know, like I, I think I was probably mm-hmm. cutting off too many of the, the higher end of the comps and everything, not factoring in the for sale comps enough and realizing how much the market had shifted, you know, in the last six to 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you, uh, we're in the, we're in a different, we're instructing a, another career path now, uh, the one after you. Mm-hmm. And the big topic now is exactly what you're talking about, pricing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always pricing, but in particular, this career path, because the market's so hot, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, crazy, crazy hot, especially places mm-hmm. like uh, Florida and Texas. And and so we're, I'm, in our mailers, we're up to like 60, 65%. Uh, maybe seventy percent of retail in the markets that we've been we've been in for years. Mm-hmm. We're still just continually doing deals, and the way that we vet them now is uh, we won't do a deal. We will not do a deal unless we have a couple of real estate agents that we are already familiar with that we have vetted completely vetted. Mm-hmm. Go in there, look at it, walk it, and say absolutely, I can sell this for a hundred grand in probably two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're in at fifty. That's a regular deal of forty five fifty. So for 100, 120 now. I love so, doing... Yeah, lots of Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I love when you find a great agent and then just like, especially like an agent, one of my gauges for that has kind of become like, do I enjoy talking to them on the phone? And, you know, finding a great agent who you feel confident in and then I'm doing it right now. This morning, I'm working on another mailer that's just based off... I found a a mossy oak agent that I really like. We really connect and um, I'm doing mailers just basically kind of around him, like with him as kind of the sole focus, you know, mm-hmm. to keep his pipeline full, you know, it's great. We've got to do the same thing right now. We just got a new, a uh, new agent. He's really young, really, really young uh, and really ambitious. And he's, He's the kind of guy that on the weekend he'll go. He's like, "Look, can I go stay on your land?" And he'll go out there and stay there. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, with, with his with his friends and, and pitch a tent, and you know, this is in the desert, and just have a blast. You know, squeeze off a couple of rounds or wh- whatever, wh- whatever works for you. You know, 
on a Saturday night in the middle of the desert. And so it's in his soul. He's, he said, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll buy, I'll be very, he's like, what do you mean? I would never do anything else but buy and sell land for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. So those kinds of people, you want them on your team. Yeah. It's awesome. I, so what is your, what's that? Yeah. Go no, ahead. no, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask you what your numbers looked like, you know, revenue and net income, if you're comfortable sharing like last year, what do you expect this year? Yeah. Um, so I think the top line revenue last year, um, I don't know if that's the right term, but you know, what I bought properties for versus selling them for, I think top line revenue last year was like 196,000. Um, and Profit would have been a fair bit less than that because I spent a lot of money, you know, first year getting systems up in place and education and everything. But uh, this year, I don't know what. I, that's one of the reasons I hired a bookkeeper. I, like I was telling you before we started this, but like I just I decided to hire a bookkeeper, and I'm really glad about it. It was my CPA's recommendation because uh, he was giving me crap because I don't I don't do bookkeeping. You know, I save my receipts. I have one bank account, one credit card. I do all that. But it's like my bookkeeping is, you know, in January, I'm figuring out everything for the previous year. So I think a bookkeeper, hopefully I'll be able to kind of keep an eye on, do a little bit more accurate forecasting and planning, hopefully. Um, But uh, I mean, my goal next year is to do a million of top line revenue. And I think I'm just with the deals that we have for sale right now and in escrow right now, I think that's really, that's going to be totally possible um, to hit that number. That's great. I'm really excited. (laughs) Do you have any advice? I mean, because I think that, I think you're very special. Your personality is, is one of the reasons that you do so well. Thank you. Were you born with that or did you teach yourself? (laughs) I think, I mean, honestly, a lot of that's, if you've met my parents, if you, if, if you ever meet my parents, you probably see like where it comes from. Um, uh, I don't know. I was homeschooled. Maybe my mom just did a really good job homeschooling me. I'm not sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, I think, I mean, I do think I was in a fortunate position where I, I got into real estate 10 years ago. I started buying my first rental properties like 10 years ago. And so I was in a position where like I had savings, had cash flow from rentals where I could kind of maybe a little bit, probably a lot easier than people that like have a day job and kids and all this. It's probably not nearly as easy for, for them to, uh, to just like go for it, like full tilt. Like I've been Mm -hmm. able to, you know, like I've been able to, Cause I don't, I, I think I've told you before, but I was a touring guitar technician for 16 years and COVID shut that industry down. And, um, and, and I fully left that industry actually September 5th was my last show. So I'm like, done. like I only do land and then my own like real estate, like property management and stuff, but mostly land. Like I don't want to do property management anymore, but, um, yeah. So I think I was kind of fortunate in that regard. Uh, yeah. So you've been, you've been in the entertainment industry, uh, professionally your whole life. And now you're just doing it for, you're entertaining for yourself in the real estate industry. Exactly. That's what it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I do think, I mean, like I don't have going after bigger deals is, you know, I think a lot of people say that it's almost like a cliche, like 
you know, just go after bigger deals. But that's kind of what I've done is like just try and get rid of the smaller stuff um, and just go after the big ones. I mean, they take a little more time, but it's not like it's not uh, linear, right? It's like uh, if the deal is 10 times bigger, it doesn't take 10 times. Maybe it takes three times the amount of time, but it doesn't doesn't take 10 times the amount of time, you know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, our whole model now, and, and this is what we teach in Career Path, is try to make thirty or forty thousand bucks a mm-hmm. deal. If you do that, and you do ten deals a year, which is not even twelve, you know, it's not even a, a one transaction a mm-hmm. month, you're making three or four hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and it's just no real work at all. And if you can, if you can do that, because I think it's it's hard to to sit. Around, everybody has this uh, innate, me included. It's like put this these crazy numbers. Like I want to make twenty million dollars doing this, and that's totally possible. Mm-hmm. But start with just doing one deal a month, or one deal every other month, making thirty thousand bucks, and you're going to do great. Mm-hmm. That's going to allow you to quit your job, support your family, and and the whole thing. So it's like I get it with the start, the dollar signs in the eyes, but you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think- I just think it's realistic. I mean, can you imagine trying to do ten deals a year for thirty thousand dollars a deal? Like. You, you would have, you could have six hobbies and do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like you could do that in a couple hours a week, right? It, even it, without any employees or anything answering the phone. Yeah. I, I've also, exactly. I really, I, I found a title company who is awesome. Uh, early on, I tried out a few different title companies um, and honestly had good experiences with all the title companies I used in Florida, but one in particular that was just like awesome. And I work with the same escrow officer. Uh, the owner of the company takes will take my calls almost any time, which has been really huge. He's really helped me with with a lot of deals um, and really kind of taken me under his wing. And uh, and he's got thirty years in the in the title business. He's like I think he's third generation title company owner, so he's like really steeped in it. So I've been able to learn a lot from from him, and then working with the same escrow officer has been awesome. We just like, we just get each other and we're, you know, um, yeah, that's been huge. Uh, like, it, like I told you before, I mean, doing the self closes, I think it's valuable knowledge to have and, uh, it's cool and everything. But for me, I just like had a visceral reaction against doing that for whatever reason, like in my gut, I just hated it. <laughs> well, it's, it's paperwork and and just shuffling paperwork. I, mm-hmm. I could not agree with you more. We don't even teach it anymore. We, uh, in fact, we just instructed that module in this current career path just t- uh, two days ago, and and we say all the way through. Look, you need to know about this. It's uh, this is an academic mm-hmm. exercise. We don't recommend that, that you do this at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it was something from the past, but you need to understand that you can close your own real estate deal really efficiently and very very quickly. It's not like you know, you can't, you can't go register your own car. You have to go through the DMV mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of stuff that you have to do. With real estate deals, you don't have to do any of that. You just, mm-hmm. you send it in, the, do all the paperwork, get all the right signatures and send it into the county. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I hate it. And it's only for small deals and we shouldn't be doing small deals anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, or really small deals. So I, there's a bunch of stuff I don't like, which is why I have a business. Why it's why it's Jill's my partner. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think it's it's just common sense that if you do a bunch of stuff you don't like over time, you're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't care how profitable it is. Just what's next for you? Yeah, 
Um, I'm trying to, I don't know at this point. Well, so I'm going on a, uh, on a nice long vacation at the end of the month with my wife. So I've kind of intentionally tapered down my own mailers. Um, and, uh, pretty much just, I guess when, when, when I get back from that vacation, I'm just planning on having a bunch of mail hit, like maybe five days after we get back from that trip. And then kind of just more of the same. I I think um, at some point I'd like to take on an employee or two, but for now I just, I, I like everything that I'm doing. I enjoy doing. And um, I, uh, I feel like I've gotten better. I wasted so much time last year, you know, not wasted. It's not a waste of time, but looking at deals that were not worth my time looking at, you know, like I'd spent so much time mm-hmm. spinning my wheels over, oh, could I make this work? You know, I might be able to make two grand off this, whatever. And I've gotten better now about just being relentless about just just get those out of my system so they're not clogging yeah. up my, my my brain RAM or whatever. You know, uh, so really just trying to send more mail and just really focusing. I guess like eighty twenty. You know, try to really Pareto principle what I'm spending my time on yeah, and the deals coming back. And it's, it's hard sometimes, even the one I'm doing right now, I think I'm going to not mail anything under five acres, which is kind of tough because I've gotten a lot of nice deals in the two to five range, but I'm like, well, maybe I should just forget about even looking at those smaller properties, you know, and just, just send more mail to more counties at five acres and up or something. I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of, we just did that too, the same thing. So we don't, we have a threshold of a dollar amount that uh, we'll make and, and we'll spend more. I'll spend a lot more mm-hmm. and make a much less percentage as long as it crosses that dollar amount threshold. And mm-hmm. I'm not recommending this for, for everybody, but that's just where we are in our career. And then we, you know, we send out 10,000 unit mailers at a time and, and yeah. it's working out great. And, we, and, and I'll tell you on the tail end of that, it's a version of what you just said. What we do is uh, we just kick them to the curb so fast it's silly and just mm-hmm. wait because we know with that amount of mm-hmm. that level of mail that's going out and the pricing where it is, it's coming back all the time. Great deals are coming back. Mm-hmm. You just have to really be disciplined, which is hard for me too. It's hard for me not to look at a deal and say, let's make this work versus that doesn't fit our criteria. We're going to move on to the next deal, which mm-hmm. I really think in the end is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, one you know, thing- it's fantastic. I- Oh, yeah, go one ahead. thing I was going to say, we, we talked about this, uh, in discord, I had asked a question about, um, landlocked property. And that has actually been something that's, I think it's kind of becoming like a little niche for me, maybe. Um, I, I like, I've been buying, I've bought several pieces of landlocked property in the last year and I'm looking at buying more of it. And the reason I'm doing it is because most of the time I'm, you know, we're buying it for between maybe 5% and 25% of what it's worth. And in, but like if we're paying 25%, it's a really, really hot market. And we're, we're doing a lot of due diligence before closing. Um, I found uh, the deals we're doing in Texas, I found a, a landman who, has been really helpful with kind of giving the rundown yeah. and, and you kind of, you're kind of able to get like sort of a, Hey, this is probably the worst case scenario with this. If you're, if you're buying it with enough of a margin, 
so that's one thing where I was avoiding that at first, but now I'm kind of like rethinking moving into that more because yep. it can be, as you know, like it can be extraordinarily profitable to, to buy those if you can get access to them. I, obviously, you got to be comfortable taking that risk, but yeah. if you got somebody on your side that's really saying, "Hey, I've done for thirty years. I've been doing this in this area, and." It's not valueless. Mm -hmm. There is some value to it. What I love about property that doesn't have access is, is you tell the owner, mm -hmm. it doesn't have access. They usually say, yeah, I know. Well, then I can only pay a five grand for this $100,000 property. And, and very often, more often than not, they'll say, okay, mm -hmm. let's just get this out of my life. Mm -hmm. So that's great, yeah. man. That's a great strategy. I, I built my career, not intentionally, but I built my career, you know, years and years ago on accessless property, not knowing really back then whether it had value or not. You know, it's just like a, a stupid rookie mistake, and it and it worked out really well because we were buying it so cheap, hundred dollars an acre in many many cases. Was that you were selling those on eBay, where it was kind of like people weren't planning to use it anytime soon, anyways. So they probably didn't care. Well, yeah, and was the the idea? Yeah, there were two venues of sales: Craigslist and eBay. Yeah. And depending on the type of property that would come in and the price, we would either auction it on eBay or we would just dump it on Craigslist. Craigslist property always sold the same day or two days later. You know, I'd buy a 40 acre property, gorgeous, beautiful 40 acre property uh, in the Southwest, in the, all these Southwestern states for, you know, $75 an acre. So 40 acres is three grand. And it's not hard to sell 40 acres in any condition, uh, especially to somebody who's, you know, not, uh, in the States, the, the prices here are shockingly low mm -hmm. compared to anywhere else in the country. So buying 40 acres for $6,000 is not a hard decision to make for many, many people. Mm -hmm. And for back then, we were doing these, you know, daily. We were selling properties daily and making three to $5,000 on them. So, you know, it's an, I wouldn't, I don't think that market's gone by any stretch, but technology has caught, caught up. Mm -hmm. It's, it, and I think there's more people are aware of how to sell property on the internet. Nobody was doing this back then. So, and I'm not looking back on that in any way as our uh, glory years. <laughs> this is, you know, I would, if I could, that was a great learning experience. We made a bunch of money and I'm really happy about it. But what we're doing now, like you just said, it's in our land business only, Jill and I, we, and we run, we made about two and a half million bucks last year. We'll probably make 10 this year, Nat. That's awesome. And I bet we were with one, uh, we have two employees now. We had one last year for the land businesses, not for the education. And we probably work maybe two hours a day or three hours a day. And a lot of that's just horsing around. It's not really mm -hmm. work. It's just looking at, looking at the MLS or, or whatever. Do you, is your favorite niche right now still like kind of doing minor, minor splits and mobile homes? Is that kind of where your primary focus is at? That's a great question. Uh, no, I've developed this thing called buckets, three buckets. Okay. So I'll send out property and it doesn't change how I send out the mail, but what comes back depends on what bucket I put it in. So I'll send a regular mailer out 10,000 units, uh, probably be 50, 50 or 60% of retail. The property will come back. We'll look at it. Uh, the, the real estate agent will come back and say, yeah, I think you can get $100,000 for this property that you're paying 50 or $60,000 for. And so we will make a decision in bucket one. We'll just say, great, hundred grand and, and uh, cash out of it in two, two weeks to 30 days ish. If everything goes well, or we'll put it in bucket two and we'll say, and this is happening a lot right now in this, and it's a sign of the times. 
we'll throw it in a bucket too and we'll say, all right, we're buying this property for 50 grand. We know we can sell it in weeks uh, and close in a month for 100. But the real estate agent's saying at 140, 150, it might take us four months to sell. And so we make a decision about that. There's obviously way more bucket one property, but some of these properties we'll throw in the bucket two property and we'll wait. That's working out great. Or bucket three, which is what you just said, where we'll do minor splits or maybe put mobile homes on it or just get it ready. We're finding out now that going vertical on the mobile homes is uh, too lengthy. The time It just takes too long. But property splitting, we've got a crew now. And, and I don't mean internally. I just mean engineers. We've gone through a couple of engineering companies and found the person that we like. Relationships are, you hit on it earlier, relationships are so important. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like dating. You got to find the right people. Mm -hmm. And then it's a blast if it's the right people. But if it's the wrong people, it's just awful. Mm -hmm. And so we've got maybe four bucket three properties going on right now where we'll probably make, you know, half a million to a million dollars each on those properties without going vertical. That's just awesome. Deals. So it's crazy. So it's, uh, you know, they're a lot riskier. They take a lot longer. It takes a year, mm -hmm. maybe a year and a half in some cases to get everything done. And so I don't know what the economy is going to be like in a year and a half. So that's bucket three properties hard for me to swallow. Mm -hmm. It's hard for Jill to swallow too, but we're trying yeah. it. We're doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is, there's so much uncertainty right now, but I mean, I guess, isn't that kind of always the case? I mean, I don't know. And there's so much uncertainty I mean, you know, with inflation you know to the upside, right? Like it's the uncertainties towards inflation, not deflation right now, really. So it's like, if anything, you might holding on to something for a year, that mobile home could be worth so much more, right? Just because of the raw materials. That's ultimately, it's funny you say that, the, this bucket scenario that I came up with, all came it all came out of arguments between Jill and I. It's because we, everything was bucket one for, for decades. We didn't even call it that. It was make double your money is what we called mm -hmm. it. And so we've had multiple properties where now multiple properties where we would buy it. It would put it in the system. Jill's responsible for selling it. I'm responsible for buying it. And the property would, uh, she would sell it and it would sell the first day. And I would look at the numbers and say, this is, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> buy for 15, sell for 60. We buy for 15, sell for 60. And we're yelling at each other, or, you know, arguing with each other because it's like, this property's worth $150,000. So we developed bucket two. And then it's like bucket two, we could, this property's worth a million dollars a year from now if we cut it all up. So, you know, it's just, I was, I was just, somebody asked me in this recent career path, like, you guys don't seem like you really know what you're doing. And I said, yeah, but this is a circus. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows what you're doing. <laughs> I have no idea what my people that are working here today are doing. I have no idea. And everything usually comes out great financially, but it's a big, huge mess along the way. <laughs> and it, my companies have always been that way. <laughs> like People on the outside think, oh, man, everything's great. Those guys talk about this on the podcast. They laugh. They're, that's the life. <laughs> I'm like yeah, it's not that really like that. <laughs> I kind of feel that. <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> I think the music industry is probably like that. You know, you see everybody up on stage having a blast, and it's everybody screaming at each other five minutes before they go on stage. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's been a lot of uh, what's that movie? The famous uh, movie, the Rob Reiner uh, mock Spin Spinal yeah. Tap. Oh, I've had many of those moments <laughs> where it's just like you see the. Um, 
it's like the you see the the fake western town for what it is like behind the the facades or whatever like the <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i was actually wondering if there, was a, is there like a is there a, i guess a lot of businesses are probably like this but it, i don't know it seems like you you probably couldn't go and start a title company and just like make a mess of things to figure it out you know like there's a lot of businesses like that where if you made a mess of things in your first month like you would be out of business right like but i don't know this one you can really just kind of come in guns blazing not not really knowing what you're doing and just figure it out along the way it seems like i think you can make a lot of mistakes and make some good money mm-hmm. and i and i think uh and i attribute that to this a lot of businesses are fixed cost heavy so mm-hmm. uh, you look at a, a title company's probably a great example maybe i always come back to a convenience store example where you got to go lease the property. You got to get all, get all the inventory. You know, you got to spend half mm-hmm. a million bucks before you ever make a dollar. Yeah. And then your doors are open, and you can't really control your uh, you can't control your customer flow and your prices and, and margin. And you just have to constantly react versus proact. But I love what you said about taking a vacation and timing your mailer. So mm-hmm. you know, five days after you get home, you're just going to have a bunch of deals to review. Mm-hmm. So we have so much control. It's all variable costs in our business. None of them are really fixed costs. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I love about this. I love it too. That's awesome. (laughs) What a pleasure to talk to you today, Josiah. Uh, I, I wish you were in the current career path because we've got, there's, we have this current career path. We have some amazing people, but it's a, it's a lot of fun to have interaction like this. And I appreciate it. I really enjoyed the 10 10 weeks. I really enjoyed enjoyed the the 10 weeks. I got to spend with you guys in there. It was a lot of fun. Let's do this again. It was a, a fun time, fun to talk I'm down to. down anytime, seriously. <laughs> yep, you can join us today, five dates a week. You can find us here on the Land Academy Show. Join us tomorrow for another interesting episode. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. 